Hey guys, I'm going to give you everything today. I'm going to explain the kingdom of God. You're going to get it. You're going to get it for the first time and you are going to bear fruit for God. Fruit that lasts, fruit that remains, fruit that brings glory to God and makes your joy complete. And this is how it's going to go. You've got to understand that this world is under the sway of the evil one. Everything that you see, everyone who's not born again, which is most people you'll ever meet, they are controlled by Satan. They are literally part of another kingdom. You know, Russia and America might not be getting along, but imagine the kingdom of darkness, the father of lies, how diametrically opposed that is to the kingdom of light. The God who cannot lie, who cannot be tempted. The God who is love. His love is shown to us because he died. Jesus said that. And the quicker you decide that everything Jesus said is true, the quicker your life is going to improve and things are going to get easier for you today. Jesus said you need to be born again to see the kingdom of God. So this kingdom, number one, you can write it down. This kingdom is a spiritual kingdom. The kingdom is a spiritual kingdom. God is a spirit. He is seeking those who would worship him in spirit and in truth. So God, he has a body at the moment, it's the church. But God is not a body, he is a spirit, he is three in one. And Jesus Christ, yes, he is God, he put on flesh, and he does have a body now. But God is a spirit, and his kingdom is a spiritual kingdom. Remember, Jesus said, my words will never pass away, but heaven and earth will pass away. So there's a kingdom that remains outside of heaven, outside of earth. The Bible says it was before the creation of the world that he was slain, that the Jesus Christ, the Lamb was slain. He predestined good works for us to do. There were there were good works. There were books written about us before he even made the universe. And then he spoke. He spoke you and I into life. He spoke us into this world. And today this announcement is that the Melbourne Underground Church has launched today it's launched today and it makes sense to me because God has recently told me to only use cash, fiat currency. So no more tapping, no more credit cards, no more debit cards. Because we need to break the chain of data, the breadcrumbs that we're leaving right now. I'm not going to disappear. There is no way. There is no way to live a, a clandestine life in this earth uh, the, 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 the cameras, just don't worry about it. You cannot. But what we can do is we can disconnect from this world system. And I've been on a process of five years or so. When I started this podcast, when I 
registered the Melbourne Underground Church website. You can go back and read the post from 2018. We're coming to our fifth year now. It was preparation. It was before COVID. It was before lockdowns. Jesus said to me, my church will not be found above ground. And then the church is closed because of some government, you know, mandates. The church required, some churches required people to be vaccinated, to take a euthanasia device, you know, slow release, but nonetheless a euthanasia device. So so then people couldn't go to church. So right now, if you have discernment, you should be very, oh, very concerned because I don't know if you noticed, but, you know, terror, terrorism seemed to seem to respect the lockdown. Even this week, you know, the war in the Ukraine, all these things that are meant to be happening, they, they seem to have stopped for the World Cup. You know, there's nothing happening at the moment. Well, what happened to the flu? Anyway, what happened to 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 the Islamic extremists and terror? No, so, you see, there's... There's a this there is a there is a narrative and it's a you've got to disconnect. Don't wear a mask if you have an exemption. Okay? My exemption is that I'm human, I'm a human being, and God put a mouth and a nose on my face. Okay, if if I was meant to have a mask, he would have put a mask on my face, but he didn't. And I have a medical exemption from my doctor from anyway. But the point is, you've got to disconnect from this world system because you will not be able to go to church above ground if you're not vaccinated, if you don't have a facial ID, digital passport. I mean, even now, the director of any company by law in Australia, if you do your research, they have got to have a digital ID to be a director. So if you're the director of a charity, if you're the, the director of a company, so your church is compromised. So you can't operate, I, I don't know about that for sure for your church, what the legal identity of the church is, but I'm telling you that the day has already passed. You you cannot Go to an above-ground church and be separated from this world. We are called to be separate. We are called to be holy. You know, I personally, this is my personal opinion, I can't see how a Christian can have a tattoo. I cannot see how a Christian could put a toxin in their body, whether it's a tattoo or a genetic alteration device, whether it's having sex with a prostitute or getting a tattoo. For me, I mean, I know biblically they're different because if you sleep with someone, then your body becomes one with them. But but what image are you putting on your body? You know, demonic spirits require a blood sacrifice. The shedding of blood occurs when you pierce your ear. The blood covenant of Jesus Christ is, is when his, 
his hands were pierced and his feet. Circumcision is a blood covenant. Every covenant is with blood. The sacrificing of babies, the sacrificing of lambs, the sacrificing of... See, this whole abortion thing, even the wars in Ukraine, this is a occultic blood ritual to invoke the power of Satan and to empower demonic spirits to resist the kingdom which will... You see... The gates of hell will not prevail against the church. In other words, the territory of the church will never diminish. The territory that the church occupies will expand. Whether it was through the Dark Ages or the Middle Ages, whether it was through coronavirus 19 or whatever is coming next, the church will never diminish. The gates, the gates are the boundaries. The ga- Come on, guys, this is so basic. The gates are the boundaries. The gates of hell represent the end of hell. It will never take a millimeter from the church. Okay? So the church is the body of Christ. It is a spiritual house. Again, the kingdom is spiritual and the body of Christ is spiritual. According to Ephesians chapter 4, It is a spiritual, the church is a spiritual house for God to dwell in. So God dwells in the church, which is a body of people. So your church, I'm not calling you out. I'm not calling you to leave church. I will never do that. I will never do that. But if your pastor, if your church is compromised... If the government is requiring that you renounce Christ or that you accept gay marriage or that you can't go to church without a vaccine, there's going to become a point when it isn't the church. It is a form of godliness that denies its power. False doctrines have have snuck into the church. Did you know the Bible doesn't have any doctrine per se in it? There is no, you know, book on baptism. There is no chapter on on salvation. There's no chapter on... See, that the Bible is a... I'm going to lose people here because you're so religious, you cannot repent. And that is what the Pharisees were. But if you can hear with the Spirit's ears, if you have ears to hear, then hear what the Spirit is saying. The Spirit is saying to repent. The Spirit is saying to read the Bible as though the Holy Spirit has written it to you. You see, we make doctrine out of Scripture, but the Scripture is God's breath. Now, you might read that Ananias and Sapphira died and that the church grew, and you could make a doctrine out of that and go, well, we better kill some people so that the church grows. No, that's that's false doctrine. Okay, Paul said, Christ crucified is all that I know. That's good doctrine right there. Christ crucified. You know, there is no book on the doctrine of salvation. You can't say, hey, open your Bible to the book on salvation. No. The doctrine of salvation was created by man. 
as he read the breathing out of the Holy Spirit scattered across the entire Bible. Salvation is in Genesis. Salvation is in Exodus. Salvation is in Deuteronomy. Salvation is in John. Salvation is in Mark. Salvation as a doctrine is a collection of ideas. It's an ideology. Now, there's one idea in the Bible. It's called the kingdom. The kingdom is scattered throughout the Bible. It's in Genesis. It's in Revelation. Okay, salvation is in Genesis. It's in Revelation. Repentance, it's in Genesis. It's in Revelation. There's a lot of doctrines that we've created. Even the idea of the Trinity, and I'm going to, you know, push poke the bear so to speak as as they as as others like kevin says but or, or strike the hornet's nest but the idea of the trinity it, there is no chapter on the trinity it it is it is all around it's in genesis where god says let us make man in our image it's it's when jesus prays to the father and then he talks about the Holy Spirit. But but he also says that he has a bride in Song of Songs, in Revelation 21. He says, you are one. So why isn't, why isn't the church included in that doctrine of the Trinity? If we are the bride of Christ, and Paul says that a man and a woman who are married are like Jesus and the church, that we are one flesh, then doesn't the Trinity include the body of Christ? Aren't we four in one? The Father, the Son, and His wife, and the Holy Spirit? <laughs> you see what I'm saying? I'm What I'm saying is religion has slammed the door to the kingdom in men's faces, when we were meant to be setting people free, when we're meant to be giving people the kingdom, we've been taking it away because of religion. So this church is not going to look like your church. This church is exclusive. Did not the disciples lock the door? Even Jesus couldn't get in. <laughs> he had to he had to trans he had to teleport through the door if you read the book of Acts, okay? So the church was exclusive. The kingdom is inclusive. Jesus said, Go into the wayward places, go into the alleyways and the byways and Command people to come in. Compel people to come into the kingdom. Yes, everyone is called. All, many are called, but few are chosen. Many are called, but few are chosen. And how many disciples were left when Jesus said to eat my body and drink my blood? You see, this is the point we're at today. We are at the moment in, in eternity when we're about to flip over to the age of power. We're coming to the end of the age of grace. We're coming to the end of the grace of God. In the sense that there is a moment when the sin has reached its pinnacle and God will have to intervene in the earth. We're not there yet. He he, he waited. Biblically, he waited until their sin was at the uttermost. You see, he destroyed the earth with the flood. 
He said, I cannot contend with man anymore. Jesus said, it'll be like the days of Noah when the Son of Man returns. The moment that 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 rain comes, the moment that the door to the ark is closed, okay, we're getting to the point where it's an abomination. I'm not going to get into that, but what I'm saying is church is going to look really different because it's exclusive. You don't bring your phone to church. You don't wear a smartwatch to church. You don't tell people that you're going to church. You tell people about Jesus and the kingdom of God. Everywhere you go, you are a witness of the kingdom. You're a witness because you have been born again by the Spirit of God. You can see the kingdom because it's a spiritual kingdom. They cannot see the kingdom because they're not born again. Jesus said you must be born again to see the kingdom. They cannot see the kingdom until they're born again. They cannot see the kingdom unless they are born again. They have to repent. It's it's when you turn to Christ that your eyes are open. It's in the turning. It's like in Indiana Jones crossing that chasm. It was only when he took the first step that he could see the pathway across. That is the way that God has done it. He chose the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. The wisdom of God is foolishness to man. But the, the wisdom of man is, is just a joke to God. So you have got to compel people to be saved, compel people to the kingdom but don't invite, don't you dare bring them to my church unless they are born again, unless you test the spirits, unless they can renounce Satan, okay? Unless they can say Jesus Christ is their owner, Jesus Christ is their Lord, okay? How do you know if Jesus Christ is their Lord? Well, they won't sin. He who continues to sin does not know God. So this church is going to be very exclusive, okay? Invitation only. You will not be told where to go. If if I lead you to Christ, I will tell you verbally where we are going to have church. And it will not be in the same place every week. It will not be at the same time. Because we will be devoted to the apostles' teaching, to the breaking of bread, to fellowship and to prayer. We will do what Jesus did. We will say what he's saying. Now, you don't need anyone to teach you. This is the other thing. We don't need to put a structure around this. We don't need to organize this, at least not at this stage, but we, we may organize for the purpose of, of, eva- of, glo- of evangelism, of global evangelism, because we've got to get with the program. We're thousands of years late with evangelism, okay? So we're going to have to use the gifts for that. Administration. I'm calling the gift of administration now to the church in Melbourne because we need that gift. The gift of administration is not what you think. The gift of the administration is a blueprint. It is a person who can see the obstacles. They can see the the way, the gates. They can see contingencies like the aqueducts that Rome... See, Rome was a pattern of a kingdom. Rome was a pattern of the administration. Rome administrated. They had a currency. They had roads. They had aqueducts. They did things that no one else had done. They, Rome was 
an empire built on the gift of administration. And that's all I'm going to go into because the gifts, so we also need the gift of giving. You know, one person can write a check for a hundred million dollars, for a billion dollars, and we can buy the Melbourne Central Tower, we can buy the airport, okay? We can buy the superannuation company that owns the airport. It's easy, we can do it, that's easy. Because we're going to need planes to fly into Melbourne from all over the world so that we can take our church to the ends of the earth. I've already thought about this. There are not enough... If we had a million people saved in Melbourne today, 1,000 churches, 1,000 members each, we could get there in a day, in a week. Because a 1,000 churches is just... 10 people who tell 10 people who tell 10 people who tell... The numbers become astronomical. Okay? We do not have enough aeroplanes. Do you know how many aeroplanes we would need to, to fly a million Melburnians out of Melbourne Airport? So let's say we have a million people divided by, say, 300 on an aeroplane. That's 3,300 aeroplanes. Okay? Now, how many, how many Qantas flights are leaving Melbourne Airport today? 10? 12? Plus Virgin? Plus we could maybe use Avalon? So, even if we had 30 flights a day... That's 111 days, okay? Divided by seven days, that's 15 weeks. So it's going to take us, you know, and plus there's going to be other people who want to fly as well. So unless you own the aircraft and own the airlines and own the city of Melbourne, it's probably going to take six to eight months to send people. Now, what if World War Three gets declared? What if the nuclear bombs start to fly? We're not going to have six to eight months. We may not even have electricity. So what I'm I'm not what I'm saying is hypothetical. But what I'm saying is we have got to preach the kingdom, not churchianity, not religion. Of you know, not a Christian religion. We've actually got to demonstrate the invisible dominion of Jesus Christ to the ends of the earth. He he won't come back until we've done that. So I know there are other people doing this. I know that the Holy Spirit is preparing people and churches and cities and nations to do this, but I will do it as if I'm the only one, okay? And it is just me and my dog at the moment, probably, pretty much. You know, and a few others, maybe my mum and, and a few others, but you know, I kicked a few people out of my church in, in a sense. But what I'm saying to you is who we have got to preach the gospel of the kingdom to the ends of the earth. Why, why, not, why not us? Let's do it as if we're the only ones doing it. And it's easy. You are the kingdom. You are the kingdom. If you have the Holy Spirit inside of you, you are the kingdom because the kingdom is the spirit. The Holy Spirit and the kingdom are the same. Jesus said, when the Holy Spirit comes upon you with power, Paul said the kingdom is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. 
Paul said, the kingdom is not meat and drink, but power in the spirit of God. It's a demonstration of the spirit and power. You are the spirit. You are the church. You are Jesus because you are his body. You are the body of Christ. It's the kingdom. If you are the true body of Christ, you are the kingdom. So the devil is threatened by you because his gate will not take you out. His gate will not overcome the church. It will not prevail against you. So you are untouchable. You are more than a conqueror, but you have got to take territory from the devil. It's called destroying the devil's works. It's called binding the devil. It's called loosing chains. It's called Isaiah 61. Preach the good news to the people, good tidings, set the captives free, open the eyes of the blind, feed the poor, clothe the naked, visit people in prison. That is what you do 24-7, okay? If you have a job, stay in your job. If you're not working, don't get a job. If you're married, stay married. If you're not married, don't look for a wife, okay? You do what the Spirit is doing. That is the church. The church is the one who does what the Spirit is doing. Now, I know that I'm doing what the Spirit is doing, so I'm not worried about the numbers. I'm not worried about the reputation. I have no reputation and I have no rights. I'm owned by Christ. I'm his property. I'm a slave of Christ. Okay, so so are you if you're listening to this today. So you can read your own Bible. You don't need me to interpret it for you because you have the Holy Spirit to interpret it. You don't need a teacher because the Holy Spirit is your teacher. I might correct you. I might rebuke you if I'm part of the body. If I'm an apostle, a teacher, an evangelist, I'm going to equip you to make you look like Jesus Christ. My job as a fivefold minister is to make you mature, to make you look like Jesus Christ. My job is to mature you. It's to equip you for the work of ministry. It is not to lead you. It is not to control you. My job is not to build the church. My job is not to raise money or to build buildings. My job is to train you to be who you already are. Okay, to open your eyes, to see the truth of the kingdom, to impart to you some spiritual gift, something invisible that will change your direction forever. Jesus Christ is the one who builds the church, according to Jesus. That's another false doctrine in the church, is that the leadership are there to build the church. That is a lie. It is a doctrine of demons. I know it comes from a good intention, but it is demonic. Jesus Christ was very clear, I will build my church. So hands off. I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail. He said, you preach the kingdom. So we are responsible to not build the church That's a shock and awe, isn't it, right there? We are not responsible to build the church. We're responsible to sow the seed. Paul said, one plants the seed, another waters, but God makes it grow. Our job is to preach. That's it, period. Our job is to preach. And the preaching of the word comes with the demonstration of the Spirit. The preaching of the word comes with the laying on of hands. The preaching of the word comes with signs and wonders following. The preaching of the word comes with angelic support and a convoy, and finance, and everything else that you need. Now, Paul was in prison for years. Do you think he was disappointed that God didn't answer his prayers? No, we do not place an expectation on God. He's already done it. He's already given us everything. So we pray. If if you're in prison, rejoice. If you're not in prison, rejoice. So these are the problems that you are distracted with. It's called the worries of the world, the deceitfulness of wealth, choking the seed. There are two things summarized. One, there are things that have not yet happened. 
You want your hair to grow back. You want a wife. You want a car. You want a house. Okay? Let it go. Jesus said, seek first the kingdom. There you go. I've resolved 99% of your worries. Done. Finished. Throw it away. Wrap it up and burn it. Number two, there are things that, that, that are problems that you want to go away. So there's a debt that you haven't paid. There is a cancer that needs to be healed. There is a relationship that's broken. Again, Jesus Christ said, you know, Proverbs, trust the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. Seek first the kingdom and all these things will be added to you. So in this life, those two things will be a problem. Desires yet unfulfilled and problems that don't seem to go away. You know, Jesus seemed to have a problem on the cross, didn't he? But it turned out to his victory. He said, Father, why have you forsaken me? Paul was in prison, but there came a day when angels broke Peter out of prison. But there were some moments when he was still waiting for his deliverance. So whether you're delivered or not, rejoice. You see, don't change who you are. Don't change what you're saying and doing. If you're married, keep preaching the kingdom. If you're divorced, keep preaching the kingdom. If you're waiting for a bill to be paid, keep preaching the kingdom. If you've got millions in the bank, keep preaching the kingdom. Don't worry. Even if you have a million dollars in the bank, just ignore it. Don't don't worry. If God if if you have a million dollars in the bank, don't do anything. Don't give it to me. Don't don't buy anything. Just wait until the Holy Spirit says give. Give that million dollars away. Pay off somebody. Don't do anything. These are the days to not do anything unless the Holy Spirit expressly says to do it. Now, there are some things that you don't need to ask. You don't need to ask to preach the gospel. You don't need to ask to give. Give and it will be given to you. You don't need to ask God to love your neighbor and to love your enemy and to sow the seed of the kingdom. You don't need to ask God to help people because we already know that. But those specific things that you're wondering about, I don't even go shopping until God says to go shopping. He leads me. He tells me to turn off the oven when the chicken is perfect. I forgot I even had a chicken in the oven. I'm watching a movie and I feel the Holy Spirit say, go turn off the oven. It's amazing to me that he is paying attention to every detail of my life. And this is the secret. The secret is that you've already arrived. You've already received everything. If you've received the Jesus, you've received the kingdom. If you have the kingdom, you have all other things as well. So you don't have to worry. You can literally just turn off your brain. And I believe that is where life in the Spirit begins. It begins when you lose yourself, when you die to yourself, when you decide to believe that everything Jesus said is true. And when you don't have an opinion. Like an ambassador, they speak on behalf of their government. You don't know what you think about gay marriage, but you know what Jesus thinks about homosexuals. He thinks that they need to come into the kingdom, that they need to repent, that they need to stop sinning, and that homosexuality is against, you know, the law of God. And so we invite them into the kingdom, but we don't invite them into the church until they repent. We don't invite anyone into the church unless they are born again. The church is exclusive. The kingdom is inclusive. So God loves the tax collectors, the sinners, the homosexuals. We love them. We, we hug them. We, we kiss them with a holy and pure kiss. And we call all men to be saved. We call all men to repent and to stop sinning. 
okay? So you've received everything. You you know what to do. You don't need anyone to teach you. So now is the time to find those who are saved, to lead people to Christ, and to begin to gather together in churches. I'm not going to control you. I'm not going to tell you what to do. I'm going to tell you to listen to the Kingdom Dynamic podcast, to, to go to church if you can find one. And if you can't find one, start leading people to Christ and make them become a fisher of men. Make them into disciples of Jesus Christ. Make them to look like your Father, who is Jesus Christ. So let me pray for you. Lord God, Jesus, we just thank you for this empowerment right now, Father. Open the eyes of their hearts. Open their eyes to see the kingdom in Jesus' name. Well done, guys. Thanks so much for listening. I've been Jonathan. This is the Kingdom Dynamics Podcast. I bless you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Bye for now.